Welcome to Macro Monday on Investec Focus Radio SA, a podcast about what's driving global and local markets. I'm Chris Holdsworth, Chief Investment Strategist at Investec Wealth and Investment. Every Monday morning, I'll update you on key developments from the past week and what you need to know about the week ahead. If you'd prefer to watch a video with the graphs and charts I referred to in the podcast, just go to investec.com forward slash Macro Monday. Good morning. This week, we're going to have a look at some frequency data that suggests that global economic activity has recently increased, but with that has been an increase in inflation as well. We'll have a look at interest rate expectations in the US and in Europe, and finally we'll have a look at interest rate expectations in South Africa. We're going to start off with that economic activity. We track global PMI data, and this is a series that indicates economic growth. It's correlated very strongly with GDP activity, but it comes out well in advance of the GDP prints. Comes out on a monthly basis, any number above 50 indicates a month-on-month expansion in economic activity, any number below 50 indicates a month-on-month contraction. And the latest global PMI, the composite PMI numbers, have been above 50, and there's been two months of increases. And what it suggests is that there's been a very mild uptick in economic activity towards the back end of last year, and global growth at this point is still positive. Now, this is backward looking and it has been pretty volatile over time. We will obviously track this going forward, but this gives us a gauge that economic activity hasn't quite been falling over in the way that's been widely expected at the back end of last year. If we scratch a little bit into those numbers, you can see that the US manufacturing activity is still quite weak. The manufacturing PMI series is well below 50. Normally, that's associated with wider credit spreads than we're currently seeing in the US. So the market is pricing in some good news and not looking at the weak manufacturing data and looking at other factors, potentially the the prospect of rate cuts from the Fed over the coming year, and not pricing in large degrees of risk into investment grade credit at this point. It's also worth noting that a weak manufacturing PMI is typically a steer that you're likely to see weak earnings over the year ahead. Given that manufacturing PMI number, we should be penciling in earnings growth of around about minus 5% or so at the back end of this year. That's very different from the consensus forecast of around plus 11% or so. So we can see what's happening. The market is pricing in some degree of good news, some resilience in the US economy, and that's reflected with credit spreads that are narrower than one would expect given the manufacturing data and consensus forecasts for earnings, which are stronger than one would expect given the manufacturing data. Part of the reason for this is the resilience of the U.S. economy. We spoke at the top about how growth at the back end of last year has probably been a bit better than widely expected. The Atlanta Fed has a GDP now estimate where they use the latest high-frequency data to try to calculate an instantaneous estimate of where U.S. economic growth has been. The latest estimate from the Atlanta Fed is that Q4 growth in the U.S. is running just a bit above 2% which is well above the consensus forecast of just a bit above 1%. So broadly speaking, U.S. economic activity is still surprising upside, and the market is pricing in some good news as a result of that. Switching to inflation, inflation ticked up slightly across the globe last month. We track inflation for the 50 largest economies across the globe. So far for December, 31 of those economies have reported their inflation numbers. There's a mild uptick for inflation. We're unlikely to see the big decline that characterized most of last year again over the coming year. We expect that inflation is going to remain at and around current levels 
over the coming six to 12 months. Despite the fact that inflation picked up slightly, it did surprise on the downside across the globe. For more than 60% of countries, inflation surprised on the downside. That's now happened for two months in a row. That's pretty rare. So the market had been expecting worse, these numbers surprised on the upside. So we had a combination of growth surprising on the upside in the US and inflation actually surprising on the downside across the globe, but not in the US. Now, before we switch to US inflation in particular, it is worth noting that there is some risk to global supply chains, both given attacks on ships in the Red Sea and delays in the Panama Canal. There's a drought in, in Panama, and that means that the canals aren't operating at the same level that they did before. The net result of that is that global shipping costs have ramped. They're now up 40% year on year, and that raises a potential headwind to inflation over the coming few months. It's too soon to lead to a definitive increase in inflation over the next few months, but this is a series that we'll be tracking very closely. Switching to U.S. inflation, U.S. headline inflation surprised on the upside, and we'll talk about that shortly. But the Fed doesn't focus on headline inflation. The Fed focuses on another series. It's core PCE inflation, and that series continues to head in the right direction. It's currently at 3.2%. That's for the November print. And if you look at core PC inflation over the past three and six months, it's running at around that 2% rate. So the Fed looking at the core PCE inflation numbers would be quite pleased. And the outlook's quite good too. If we simply have normal month-on-month -month increases for core PC inflation over the coming few months, then we get to in core PC inflation being around 2% by April. Now, that's not the Fed's forecast. The Fed is still pretty cautious. They only expect core PC inflation to get to around 2% by 2026 or so. So there is a chance that core PC inflation, the series that the Fed targets, lands up at around 2% by April, well in advance of the Fed's target. And that's one reason why the market is pricing in a fairly aggressive set of cuts from the Fed over the coming year, despite the Fed's caution. It's because of this material chance that core PC inflation lands up at 2% well in advance of their forecast. Now, headline inflation in the U.S. picked up last month. That picked up to 3.4%. The U.S. was one of the few countries where inflation surprised on the upside. But again, it's worth emphasizing, this is not the series that the Fed focused on. So the headlines were all about how U.S. inflation has been picking up and how U.S. headline inflation is likely to be sticky. But core PC inflation so far been heading in the right direction. U.S. headline inflation, in contrast to core PC inflation, picked up last month. The U.S. was one of the very few countries to see their inflation print surprise on the upside, and that attracted a lot of headlines over the last week. It is important to note again that this is not the series that the Fed focuses on. We do expect that this series is going to be around 3% for the foreseeable future, so it's going to be sticky. So we're going to land up in a situation where headline inflation is around 3%, but core PCE inflation, series of the Fed targets, drifts down towards two. That allows the Fed to cut. And we, like the market, expect some pretty sizable cuts from the Fed over the coming year. The current market expectation is that the Fed will cut by around 160 basis points over the coming year. And the ECB will cut by around about 150 basis points. That's what's currently in the market. Switching to China, a bit of good news. Chinese exports are now up year on year. Up mildly, up 2% year on year. But that is consistent with the PMI data, which showed that economic activity towards the back end last year picked up a little bit. 
South Korean exports are up year on year, Taiwanese exports are up year on year. That all points to an improving global demand at the back end of last year. Total social finance, which is a key leading indicator in China, it's a combination of money supply and money that's raised through debt issuance and IPOs. The three-month average is up around 40% year on year. This tells us that we can expect a material uptick in economic activity in China over the coming nine months. If we combine that with inflation that's still very low in China, currently negative, with the prospect of stimulus from the central bank, that short-term outlook for the Chinese economy has picked up quite materially over the past couple of months. Switching to South Africa, the market also expects rate cuts in South Africa. The market's currently pricing in between three and four, 25 bit cuts from the Saab over the coming year. We expect that the Saab will cut by more than that, by around five cuts over the coming year. The market expects rate cuts from around June. We expect that they'll be a bit before that too. Rate cuts are one of the reasons why we have remained overweight SA Inc. stocks. We expect that there will be relief for consumers and consumers will in turn spend more. That view is unchanged. We still expect interest rate expectations to shift down over the coming few months or so. And with that, we'll become an improved outlook for SA Inc. And that's where we're going to leave it this week. That's all for this episode. Do tune in next week for more investment insights from me, Chris Holdsworth, and the Investec Wealth and Investment team. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, you can subscribe to Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you listen. And please take a minute to rate our podcast so we can surface this content to the broader investment community. If you want to see the graphs that are referenced in the podcast, you can watch a video version of this recording at investec.com forward slash macromonday. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of Investec Wealth and Investment International and should not be taken as advice, guidance, or recommendation. Investec Wealth and Investment International, a member of the JSC Equity, Equity Derivatives, Currency Derivatives, Bond Derivatives, and Interest Rate Derivatives Markets, an authorized financial services provider and a registered credit provider.